a lot of those first um, botanical illustrations came out of that rena- you know so-called Renaissance or whatever of like the 15th through the 17th century in Europe, and so even though a lot of men wrote a lot of really great huge textbooks on it, a lot of the knowledge came from women. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode 40 of the Get In My Garden podcast. Dylan Martin is back to discuss some very interesting women involved in mycology today and what they're up to. He talks about the history of women in mycology, and he mentions his involvement in the Controlled Environment Agriculture Program at the Trades and Technology Program at the Santa Fe Community College. Dylan is taking his radical mycology to the next level by starting a mycoflora project in the unique bioregion in and around New Mexico and building community in the mycology world. I ask him about the opportunities and startup scene in Santa Fe and what the Controlled Environment Agriculture Program has going on in their 12,000 square foot new greenhouse. Check out Instagram at GetInMyGarden for pictures and videos of what's going on and reach out to Dylan, me, and anyone else mentioned in this episode. Share your favorite episodes on social media and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. And please leave reviews. So, Dylan, welcome back. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be back. Got some awesome new stuff, right? Yeah. You're working on. There's you a just... lot of stuff going on. It seems like this time of year, there's a lot of stuff going on for everybody. Everything happens at once this time of year, which has been crazy. All of a sudden, in like a two-week period, everything is urgent. Yeah, I would say. But it's really green here in Santa Fe. I guess, you know, people are saying it's like the greenest has ever been in like, whatever, 20 years or something crazy. Yeah. So that's yeah, pretty massive nice. rain and snow. Yeah. It's looking good. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, I gave a really cool talk about the mothers of mycology and the fungal queendom, which was kind of outlined by a radical mycology section, page 82 of that book, Mara Penfill and Fern Katz did a fungal history and so they talk about um, some of the pivotal women in mycology that you know basically made mycology possible and then also just contributed um, a lot of really great research and time into mycology so that was that was really cool and uh, I gave that at the New Mexico Mycological Society meeting and yeah I thought it went really well awesome yeah so where would where would mycology be without women because they've played an integral part well i mean basically what they talk about is like a lot of the main you know so-called founders of mycology or pioneers of microbiology which are mostly male in the 15th and 16th century in this like european renaissance of botanical literature and all this uh, you know the scientific library is adding all this info a lot of the fungal knowledge came from herb wives and from women of the marketplace who actually had that knowledge throughout generations, verbal knowledge that they passed down from women to women. And and really a lot of the traditional healers um, back then were women and they, they had the knowledge of both plants and fungus. And it was interesting because they just had this innate connection with mushrooms or at least people likened them to mushrooms. And so that's where a lot of the the so-called witches come from uh, whenever medicine was taking a turn to be a more state organized profession I guess or a regulated profession and so witches came up and they were putting curses on people so-called so they had this you know cleansing of the spirits which was basically witch hunts and they like killed a bunch of you know slaughtered a bunch of women and men both that had all this traditional healing knowledge because they were they weren't you know officially practicing medicine and so 
So that sucks because a lot of that, I think that's happened over and over throughout history, just the oppression of women and the oppression of, of fungal knowledge and, and mycophobia is pretty rampant. And so, yeah, it was cool. It, it's a really cool article. And I know uh, Fern Katz still gives talks on that. And I was really honored to to delve into that a little bit. And then, you know, people like Fanny Hess, who came up with the idea for agar and, you know, where would where would microbiology be without agar? She was working in the kitchen and knew that agar agar mm-hmm. was a great gelatin source, basically, and that comes from a red seaweed. And so she was the one who suggested that to her husband, who worked under Robert Koch, who became a famous microbiologist and really didn't give them any credit or give Fanny any credit for that. And so I wonder where we would be without agar because that's like the standard for a lot of microbiologists and people working with petri dishes as, as a medium. And so, yeah, Robert Koch used to, you know, used to use just little slices of potato and, and stuff like that and um, agar proved to be a lot a lot better and um, you know and I think that was actually discovered by you know someone in China who left out uh, some some like seaweed soup or something like that and it gelatinized and you know that was like the first part of it but to use it in microbiology that was that was thanks to a woman Fanny Hess and then and then there's just like a lot of really they, they talk about like Beatrix Potter she's got like crazy illustrations that are still used today because she was a really good botanical illustrator and she created Peter Rabbit and Friends and so um, she had a really big love for mycology and Flora Flora Patterson who was the first woman to be hired by the USDA she did a lot of work with them she I think she was there for like 30 years and you know collected over like wow. 90,000 specimen or something like that and helped out with a lot of the blights of that time and um, and figuring out how to eradicate them and or at least control them and yeah and then there's just like a crazy amount of other women doing like really awesome things some of the main ones yeah Kathy Hodge works at Cornell she's got a really great blog called the Cornell Mushroom Blog Sue Van Hook chief mycologist at Ecovative, and so they're making alternative plastics and packaging oh, out yeah. of mycelium. Yeah. Giliana Furchi, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but basically the mastermind behind fun- the Fungi Foundation, and so they focus on fungal conservation in Chile. And uh, one of the quotes from that information was, fungi are critical to conservation at large, so you can't really have a conversation about conservation without talking about fungi first. Um, and then Cheeto Gavura who's working in Zimbabwe to empower women and orphans through mushroom cultivation and entrepreneurship and basically figuring out how to um, start mushroom farms. And so, yeah, so those are some of the, like, the super notables from that um, talk. And that's so um, cool. There's a crazy amount of women mycologists doing great things all over the place. So it seems like actually all the marketing gardeners or market gardeners that I've met selling mushrooms have been women. Yeah, there's definitely an innate connection between women and mushrooms. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy actually whenever alex door came and talked from mushroom revival he was talking about his his partner it has this crazy knack to just be like i haven't found this type of mushroom and then the, and then she like finds it when they go out so it's that's just, so cool you know stuff like that it's like, like you can't really explain it's just like wow that's metaphysical that's side exactly awesome well let's see so that's a few minutes of your talk that's really cool i think anybody interested in the women in mycology can look those people up and probably find a lot of their interesting writing and such yeah, and I'd like to give more talk, just free, now that I've made these presentations and stuff like that and, and had help through the Radical Mycology book, I'd like to give more free talks just to just to spread the knowledge, really. And so be on the lookout for that on my GoFundMe page, which I just started a little a couple months ago. GoFundMe slash mycology dash for dash everyone, so mycology for everyone on GoFundMe. And so basically I'm f- trying to fund a mycology program at the Santa Fe Community College. 
and I started the club a couple semesters ago and it's proven to be pretty difficult through lack of time and lack of resources and mycophobia to like get a legitimate project going here or to grow enough mycelium and uh, mushrooms to really make an impact and so so I want to just try to get funding somehow to um, start a mycology program here so that would mean like continuing education classes that would mean like a grow space where we can teach people how to grow mushrooms and it would also mean like a lot more than just that we'd try to conduct some mycological research Uh, we have a lot of controlled environment agriculture going on here so we we would look at aquatic uh, mycorrhizae and what kind of uh, fungal biology we have in our aquatic systems that we have here we would hopefully be able to use a lot of the waste from what we produce here to give to you know communities for clean water or Tewa Women's United and try to clean up some of the waterways here with our waste. I hope to like start a culture library and maybe a seed library and maybe try to get a pollinator garden going and then you know study what mycorrhizae are happening there. And um, I mean it's pretty much endless. I mean in like you know obviously working with any beekeepers if they want to do mycelial extracts or enzymes or anything like that. Basically, we just got to we just got to build it and and then grow the mushrooms and then and see where it goes from there. I think. Awesome. So. And there's just so many people here at this college that know so much. And yep, and it's a it's a really great college. I was just talking with Charlie Schultz, the lead faculty for the Controlled Environment Ag program. He will be putting out some some feelers for uh, adjunct faculty. So if anybody has any like biology degrees or anything that would pertain to controlled environment agriculture, hydroponic systems and aquaponic systems and biology and botany, they are going to be looking for some people. And so. Or if you don't know anything about it, just come here and we, anybody here and students and staff can give you a, a tour of the Trades and Technology Center. It's, it's incredible. So cool. Yeah. When I first came here, I was blown away. I mean, we talked about it and, and Charlie came and talked before I had my good microphone. Um, oh, yeah. But let's see. You know, a lot of women are really, really, really into herbalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think herbalism overlaps with mycology a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, botany and... And fungal biology seemed to have this, it seemed like everybody that was into mycology was also like a botanical illustrator or like, you know, a scientist studying, studying horticulture, you know, so yeah. And I saw, yeah, that's amazing. And maybe that has something to do with it. It's just so interesting to identify plants and uh, mushrooms, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the, in the, I guess it was the, was it the Dutch Renaissance when they were painting and sketching plants and mushrooms? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of those first um, botanical illustrations came out of that, you know, so-called Renaissance or whatever of like the 15th through the 17th century in Europe. And so even though a lot of men wrote a lot of really great, huge textbooks on it, it, a lot of the knowledge came from women horticulturists and and fungal biologists and just people that were interested in mushrooms. Some of the leaders of all of the movements that I've been interested in relating to permaculture there a lot of them are women so yeah, like absolutely. elaine ingham mm-hmm. yeah right so there's some really great research there with con- that's like compost tea soil food web that's all that the soil right? food web i think she's the creator of the soil food web right yeah so yeah so there so yeah so i mean it is it is more prevalent i think than most people think program here mm-hmm. do you want to just explain exactly like what programs exist and that you're involved in and then like how many women are doing those programs so i'm studying controlled environment agriculture and biological sciences those are two degrees you can get here we have sustainable technologies we have biofuels we have green buildings so a lot of people you know and there's algae production and so in the controlled environment agriculture program i'm not in the classes this semester but i've i see them around and i would say it's like a third at least, if not half, of the class 
are women. And so, yeah, it's pretty evenly split, I would say. And, you know, and then and as far as the staff, there's actually a lot of women here at, at the community college. So, so yeah. So cool. So I'm the vice president of the New Mexico Mycological Society. I'm trying to get a subcommittee started with the state society to start both a mycoflora project and to start working with the Department of Agriculture to potentially certify people to identify mushrooms. And it's not necessarily to commercially hunt mushrooms, but more or less like a public safety issue for people to understand what is out there and for people to be certified and educate people on what is out there. And then the mycoflora project would be a separate thing, mostly educating people on how to take scientific specimens and submit those to the Museum of Southwestern Biology, per se. But there's a lot of mycoflora projects going on in the country, and so you can start one. I'm actually in the application process now with the North American Mycoflora Project to start one here. And so that's mostly just bringing awareness and like bringing a fungal awareness of, of this area, which is like a really unique area as far as the bioregions that kind of converge here at the upper Rio Grande and southern sub-mountain ranges of the Rockies. That's so interesting. So basically, so these groups exist all over the country and there's so many different specimens that we haven't even discovered. Is that true? Right. And, there, and like it could differ from like one side of the mountain to the other. And so that's why I want to get one here right in Santa Fe and, and probably the Sangre de Cristo Mountains and work on basically documenting and submit, submitting scientific specimens and have them be in the herbarium or at the Museum of Southwestern Biology so that we can have those that data basically. I mean, the I, they have like one locker at the, sound, the Southwestern Museum um, Museum of Biology in Albuquerque and I think David Arroyo like in the 80s submitted some stuff but like there isn't very much there and so we need to and there's like so much diversity here too so we need to I think we need to get more on top of that and then the reason we want to do the certification thing is is mostly a model after the Minnesota Mycological Society they are certifying people through collaboration with the Department of Agriculture if people have you know basically they regulate it to where if people have their own land and they have mushrooms that they know and are certified to identify, they can forage for those and then sell them to restaurants without food safety issues or identification issues. And, you know, and so restaurants are worried about that, I think, a lot with food safety and like wild foragers showing uh-huh. up with mushrooms at their back door. Um, I think a lot of people now are getting shut down on doing that because how do you know what they're bringing is what you're you know, selling to people. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think it's particularly interesting to document, and I feel like our state with a lower population and a huge geographic area, I think we're, I mean, we have a lot of scientific people here, but um, you're at the cutting edge of it. So as far as mycology goes, and you can play a huge part in documenting and discovering things here. Yeah, I hope so. so. Awesome. I, I noticed that somebody else is doing it here in the region, Jonathan Caldwell, which I want to reach out to him, but... He has a mycoflora project going really near here, kind of in the Pecos wilderness. So That's great. I'm one of those people that always has to be focused on one thing that I'm super interested in. And I think there are a lot of people like that who don't find the purpose that they're looking for in their day-to-day life. But having a hobby like mycology is perfect. Oh, yeah. It's like so unlimited. And I think people get addicted to mycology very easily. Like I met somebody through your podcast, actually, who came to the meeting in Albuquerque and she works at a canvas company and like realized the potential of mycology and now is like full on and can't get enough and is like consuming. So all this, all this literature and, and really trying to collaborate on projects. So I love that. That is great. One convert at a time. Yeah, that's right. When I first got here with Charlie, I was amazed at all the different connections they're making with 
startups and mm-hmm. community groups. So is that still going on or is like, here, are there the, any, here at the community college started yeah, with, like uh, some startup businesses and stuff? Business startups. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think there are a lot of people that are involved in all sorts of things, nature and ecology and growing and, and both established and up and coming. And so the community college is a great resource because the networking, first of all, is, is where it's at. And so people just get connected and then we work together to start new projects. I can't, there's not anything on the top of my head that is like up and coming and like is about to start up or anything, but yeah. But the resources are here. But the people... resources are here, basically. And really the staff here at the Trades and Technology, Luke Spangenberg, Charlie Schultz, Pedro Casas Cordera, all these people, and Stephen Gomez, they just have a lot of connections here, and they've been here for a long time, and some of them have anyways, and they just they advocate our, for our students to, to get out there in the workforce and to get internships, and so it's, it's a really great place to come and just figure it out. And who's come here from elsewhere. I know there's probably a lot of people traveling here. Uh, as far as staff or students or just in general? Students, because I know that uh, he would, I mean, there are people who have come here specifically to work with Charlie. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. I know. I mean, I came from Minnesota and then I found this place, luckily. And people definitely, whenever I was in class, people definitely drove from Albuquerque every day because they know about this college. And so that's just an example. I mean, people will make the hour drive, two hour drive, round trip, uh-huh. Just to come here, so for sure, yeah. So the new greenhouse, lots of cool stuff is going on in there. When I first got here, it was just dirt and a shell, and now what do you have going on in there? Yeah, so we have a ten, twelve thousand square foot greenhouse that's been going up for the last couple of years. It's got four huge bays, um, a bay for algae production. We have two commercial aquaponic systems in there. We have a commercial NFT system, hydro system, and then we have a commercial Dutch bucket system. So we're going to be producing a ton of food here soon that will all go to the college and then we'll have extra. So I'm sure they're figuring out what we're going to do with that. And then we have student built projects and, you know, our, obviously our little nursery and, and seedling area. And so we give tours all the time. The children's campus here, which is right next door, is uh, we're having a lot of kids come through and they're really loving it. And yeah, I'm excited because I've been like helping build and everybody in the classes have been helping build systems and, and getting, getting everything dialed in. So I would, I would encourage anybody that knows anything about Santa Fe to come see the community college because it's, it's really awesome. I wonder what the future of New Mexico will be like with, I mean, we're not going to be cutting edge with cannabis, that's for sure, because we're so late to the party and there's so much infrastructure in Colorado Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that maybe, yeah, we are about a little bit behind the curve just because other states have started before us. But I think that the amount of sun that we have is a really great thing for growers of all sorts, not just cannabis. I think that this controlled environment movement is really big and like the knowledge here at the community college can help with that, I think. And so if people take steps towards more sustainable practices, I think New Mexico, New Mexico could be a leader in, in all sorts of things, especially if we're, you know, I mean, we have a ridiculous amount of acres dedicated to brackish water production and algae in, in the southern part of the state. So if we can get that in conjunction with other things too, I think there's a lot that can happen here. I agree. Well, I'm really excited to know that up in Colorado, the mushrooms have been at least in Denver. So they've been decriminalized. Oh, yeah, that's I saw always that. been the first step in a trend. So Yeah, I'm, I am slightly... I don't know how to feel about that, I, I guess. I mean, I think it's, it's probably a good thing that it's not like the police 
force's number one priority is to get people with mushrooms. But I am kind of worried about like this one on one side, there's like the black market and people that know how to grow the mushrooms and like selling them on the streets or to their friends or whoever. And then, and like, you know, maybe they're, and usually it's, you know, it's a more ceremonial aspect. You know, you, you want to be with the right people, but then there's, you know, people are, if people just start taking them and, and they're not concerned about their mental health or whatever, like, I wonder how that is going to work as the like medical side of psilocybin mushrooms happens at the same time. They're using it for mental health issues, you know, depression and alcoholism. And so I don't know how, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting, like people are going to try to regulate it, but people are going to try to deregulate it. So it's like those three things are happening at the same time. And I'm just, uh, I just hope that people are still careful with, uh, something that does affect you pretty strongly, I, I would say. And, and it's, it's still, it's still a, a psychoactive piece of nature that should be respected. And so I, hope that, I hope that continues. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, on one hand, I definitely, I'm really, just from my perspective, I want decriminalization all over the place for everything because yeah, that can ruin people's lives for one little decision, right. you know, and we're human. All the people that have been put away for petty crime is right. pretty trash, but. But it's kind of worrisome that Silicon Valley wants to make a bunch of money off of it and they yeah, have everybody so much wants power. To capitalize that can really on be it, a problem. Course, capitalism is still thriving in the minds of people of America, I think, but. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens in Denver with a bunch of... I don't know if that's going to... Yeah, I don't know if that's going to spawn a bunch of people to start growing it or just not really care or if a bunch of people are going to be tripping out on the streets. You know, it's like, who knows what, what that'll do. I'm excited about it, but I'm also wary and, and, and just interested to see what happens, I guess. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, so can you speak more to, like, just New Mexicans for a minute? Because... Mm-hmm. You're vice president of the Mycological Society. Mm-hmm. Can you tell people what to expect if they were to join that? Mm, so expect monthly meetings. We have an annual foray every August. The foray is like the biggest subcommittee that we have, right? And so like that's the big thing that happens, but it's really just an opportunity to connect and or potentially get scholarship funding and things to go to other forays or to connect with other mycological societies. It's it's kind of a small group, honestly, compared to other states. I would say it's, it's one of the smaller mycological societies, but the people that are involved with it are really great. And there's a lot of really intense long-term knowledge that is there, which is really great. And so, yeah, so you learn a lot just like by going to one of the meetings. I would say that people can expect especially now that I'm involved and David is the new is the president for this year, David Augustiniak. He's a really great person and lives in Albuquerque. We, we can hopefully make some like positive um, changes and or just expand the knowledge of the Mycological Society and get more membership and, and get more people involved. And yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for most Mycological Societies is getting people involved. Cool. Yeah. What book are you reading right now? I'm actually I'm actually reading the philosophy of osteopathy because my grandpa's a doctor of osteopathy. Oh, okay. And he gave me Andrew Still's book about the philosophy of that, and so that's been really interesting. And I really like the philosophy of osteopathy. If anybody hasn't heard of an osteopathic doctor, look that up. And yeah, it's a more it's a really it's a really great philosophy around kind of our body's natural defense mechanisms and like how we are basically built to regenerate and heal ourselves and, 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 and doctors are, are, are there to help us along the way, of course. But, um, I don't know. It's just really interesting. So 
That's I, awesome. I, I think that's going to be a new question for me. Every time I talk with somebody, I was kind of thinking about what some segments would be that I'd be able to put on. Yeah. So maybe that'll be it. Yeah. If you know, yeah, I don't know how this would relate to gardening necessarily, but if you get any osteopaths, they, they, they're, they're, they're really cool. <laughs> you people. never know. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Thank you very and much. And good Aaron. luck with all of those projects. I'm particularly interested in what you're going to be creating here in the community college. Yes. Thank you. Reach out to me, dylanponix at gmail.com on the GoFundMe page. On Facebook, I'm Dylan Wayne. So just one more time, can you please tell us the GoFundMe page? Because you have so much information on there. Yeah. So it's GoFundMe.com slash Mycology for Everyone. If you just go to the GoFundMe site and type in Mycology, it's one of the first ones. It's got a big, beautiful picture of some uh, oyster gills. And so Mycology for Everyone at GoFundMe.com. And it's got all my contact information on there. I try to update it often. And I just updated the story just to kind of stay with what, what's going on and, and what I'm thinking. So, yeah, if you can't donate, at least spread the word. And thank you either way. So cool. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you. This month, we will have another great episode about bees with a very well-known bee breeder and researcher. We'll also be talking with someone who left behind corporate America to start a very unique farming operation. Please do share your favorite episodes on social media and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you listen and leave positive reviews to help the show. And thank you so much to everyone who has reached out to me with ideas and feedback. I love hearing from you all. Lastly, follow on Instagram at GetInMyGarden and check out my recently updated and simpler website, GetInMyGarden.com.